What's goody, everybody? It's Kimi, and I'm back with my Kimi of the Day channel. Ooh. <clears throat> Welcome to episode 31. It's great to be back. And like I told you last, my last episode, I was definitely going to go in on some of these great movies I've been seeing that needs to be talked about. And a movie that a lot of people have a lot to say about in the media. And I'm going to digest that movie as well. So let's get into it. Thank you again for listening to episode 31. And I wanted to start off with Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim came out November 27th, 2019. This movie was a great movie. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a while. And it was so impactful of just how wonderful that story just flew together and how well written it was. So it starts off with a little online dating type of thing and it ends up with a shooting of a police officer. And Queen and Slim, they are two black individuals and they end up shooting a white cop after the white cop you know, do what exactly they do by stopping them for no reason for a traffic light situation and just doing the most like most cops unfortunately do. And then the cop decides to get all hostile and shoot Queen by mistake. And then Slim has to defend her. Not knowing her at all, but defend her and end up shooting this gentleman. This started to become a great depictive of black love. And the trials and tribulations of them now holding this police shooting of a white officer that, unfortunately, this world and this day and age that we see very <laughs> everyday-ish happens when now all the black people are just happy that a white officer was killed. So everywhere they went, and they were showing nothing about love, but they still was hiding from the cops who was going to obviously, you know, stand up for their friend, their fellow officer. So now it's kind of like a chase, which is what happens, unfortunately, going from state to state, trying to change identity and all that stuff, but just for the great depictive of black love and just the unity that they, and the bond that they grew, and the words that they said, especially when Queen was like, um, trying to, um, hide up my scars. And so I'm like, nah, I want to see them. So I can place them where they need to be placed. And oftentimes in a lot of relationships, we don't even take the time to figure out the person who you with scars. And a lot of times the person that you with might not even know that the, what the scars are. Or they're just so immune to not showing them. They don't get dealt with. And then that's why a lot of relationships don't work. Because these aren't said, these aren't acts for, and they aren't dealt with. These traumas of childhood, of past relationships, of 
just living my life, whatever that may be. It's not really talked about, which is sad and which is unfortunate, and that's something that we need to really definitely get into and do a lot better with. But at the end of everything, especially my boo from Pose, India, Miss Moore, did a wonderful job in her role. And at the end, it just really made me cry. I jumped a little because, you know, when you suspect something, but then you don't suspect it. When they basically get set up, my homeboy, and they get shot and killed. And the media afterwards, of course, the police just said, well, they was armed and dangerous. But they was turning themselves in. They was getting on the ground exactly what you wanted them to do. But they was armed and dangerous. And that's why you killed them, because they killed one of you. And that's sad, and that's unfortunate, but that's what life is. And that's what we're living in. And that's why that was a great movie, because it showed us real life. So let's really get into this next movie that was very impactful and great and wonderful. Just Mercy with Jamie Foxx and my boo, Michael B. Michael B. Jordan. And this movie was so great because it's a true story. And just the layers it went through were being from Alabama and being in the 80s and being dealing with the death penalty because back then they, they did not play about putting you in that chair and that was it <laughs> you dying on XYZ day so be prepared for that and this story was just so colorful and so real about how racism is and how prevalent racism was at the particular moment in time. This movie came out December 25th, Christmas Day of last year. So it was Walter McMillan who was sentenced to die in 1987 for murder of an 18-year-old white girl. And Mr. Bryson Stevenson was the lawyer who was a very young lawyer who just came out of law school, so he was very young, he was very fresh, he, this was his first case, but he was dealing with trying to get people off who had been wrongly, you know, accused for a, little, for a little while, but this was his first big case, so after he graduated, he went to Alabama, and he met with Mr. McMillan, and of course, Mr. McMillan was already over it, because he's already accused of something he did not do. And then by him being so young, coming in, basically saying he's going to do X, Y, Z, Mr. McMillan was a little skeptical, of course, as, as he should be, until Mr. Bryson went to his family's home and spoke to his family. I got enough information to build a case. Just reading the stories and seeing how it did not add up at all. So how was he 
during the family cookout, but he was supposedly driving this young this gentleman or had this gentleman drive him to a cleaner's across town that he never been in to kill a girl, just randomly kill a girl. Nothing add up. And the only testimony or only evidence that you have is from this guy who's already, who's already being prosecuted for something else. So of course he's gonna say whatever you want him to say to get off earlier or to have a lesser sentence. That's what a lot of people would do. That's a, you know, life. But that's what a lot of people would do. And for you to have that be the only testimony, that be the only evidence of anything, you know you was done wrong. And then for years to go on and you still believe, like, he did this. It's stupid. And that means you just didn't care. You just wanted to find a victim. Just like... The Central Park Five, they just wanted to find victims. They just wanted to find the people in charge of this quote-unquote crime. Didn't matter if the depiction of the person is completely off. You just needed to find someone to place blame on for them to pay. Instead of doing your motherfucking homework like you're supposed to fucking do, you wanted to still persecute and sentence him to life for a crime he didn't do. Even though there's no evidence. Besides this one person who's who's already has a humongous list of crimes that they did. And then when he recants himself in court and said, yes, I lied. I didn't know, I don't know who this guy is. I just met him today. And you still did not want to let this man go. Because you didn't want to be wrong. Because you didn't want to look at, like, you was racist. And you are. You're a racist motherfucker. And it's not cool. This movie definitely shows a lot of our court system, unfortunately. And how being at the wrong place at the wrong time is definitely a thing. Being misrepresented is definitely wrong is definitely a thing and being just not having faith that you'll ever get out because of this because of your skin color is definitely a thing we have to do better guys but that's definitely a movie that you should see it's definitely gonna give you a lot of emotions and you will be angry at some point in time you will cry It's just a great movie to see. The next movie is definitely Bad Boys for Life. And this came out January 17th. This movie was, in my opinion, the best Bad Boy movie. And I say this because of how them not being together in 25 years, or how many years it was, and no, it was a while really just shows how a connection can never be broken. That chemistry can never be broken. And they definitely flexed and they showed that in this movie. To me, this was the best installment because of 
the storyline, the story that they were in, was still the same, but still different. It was still of age, it was still living older them, living life, and then coming back together. And then them going back and forth. The comedy was just, I haven't laughed in a movie <laughs> in a long time. But that movie had me motherfucking cracking up, and I was here for it. I was here for every part of it, and it was really amazing how the chemistry is. And that ending definitely gave away, like, um, it's going to be another one. Which is great, because at first I I was skeptical about having a third installment, especially it being so long. Because usually the second one, if the second one is decent, the third one is going to be trash. Because they're going to try too hard. In my opinion, that's what I've seen when they do like two or three installments. But this one was amazing. It was fantastic. Just the way that they shot it was amazing. Them being back in Miami and then shooting them in Mexico as well was amazing. The storyline was amazing. I wanted Miss Gabrielle Union to be in it as well, but the way that they turned the story over wouldn't have made sense, I guess, to put her in it. So I kind of get that, but just seeing them on screen together again was great, and them just doing the numbers that they did. And then just the storyline and just Martin just being Martin. Because Martin's just a fucking fool, and he's very underrated as a comedian, I feel like. I don't feel like people really give him the credit that he deserves as a comedian. And then we can get into the movie that a lot of people have mixed feelings about that came out on Netflix by the wonderful writer, producer, director, and actor, Mr. Tyler Perry. And this movie is called A Fall from Grace. So this movie, personally, I liked. Let's go, let's just go through some of the casting. So we have Krista Fox from The Have and Have Nots as Grace. That's what brought me in. Because I love Crystal on The Have and Have Not. So I definitely wanted to see what she was going to bring to the, the table for I Fall From Grace. So that's what brought me in to wanting to even watch this show, this movie. The next one was Felicia Bashar. Everyone see me mom at one point in time. She played Sarah. A.K.A. Betty. Mm-hmm. Then we had Miss Brisha, who played Jasmine, who was the lawyer. And then we had Mr. McCard, who played Shannon. We had Miss Cicely Tyson, who played Alice, and Mr. Tyler Perry, who played Rory. This movie was shot in five days, guys. We know how Mr. Tal- we know how Tyler is. He gets things done in a short amount of time. So, you would have to expect some errors. But the way people dragged it... Let, let, okay. Let me get into the good part. 
I liked the storyline. I liked how it was told. I like how you have the your new lawyer who's trying to get a case, which is a high-profile case, which her boss is telling her, no, she's trying to plead guilty, just leave it at that, don't try to fight it, let her sign the paper so she can just stay in jail and not have a voice, not have a mouth, not tell her story. And oftentimes that's what it is. Especially if you a black person who don't have money and you got a, a public defender, this might be your story. Especially if you don't if you didn't do it and there's no evidence that you did. But you just have to assume that you did because you're the spouse. So the story kind of goes like, you know, an older lady finds a younger man, or the younger man finds the older lady. And she falls in love. It's wonderful at first until a light switch. Just like, you know, regular life. A typical life, you know. You go through your honeymoon phase. You are happy, lovey, sex is great. Nothing bothers you until the real representative shows up. Not the one that they gave you at first. But the real you. Not representative shows up. And you got to deal with that, that new representative, that new person, who's like, I don't like to be checked up on. Why are you eavesdropping? What are you doing? And then act like you're the problem. In all actuality, he's the motherfucking problem. So Makad, he always kind of plays this crazy, this crazy husband role. I don't know why. But he does. So he ends up stealing all of her money out of her company account. And of course don't tell her because they're married. So what's hers is his and what's his is hers, right? No. So when she finally puts it all together that he took it, she decided to just kindly ask, can I have my money back? I don't have it. So you need to go get my motherfucking money. I don't understand how you <laughs> misplaced millions of dollars, but I'm in, I'm in need of my money because I'm about to lose my job, babe. He didn't give no type of fucks. So then she kindly said, okay, so you, you need to leave. And this motherfucker really thought he was good. He was fitting to stay. He, and they saw bringing females over and having sex with them. Watches in the, watches in the crib. Because he ain't giving no type of fucks. Why? Because they're married. And in the state of Georgia, I'm assuming that he's definitely going to get half of whatever she has. Or whatever other stipulation there is in Georgia. And... That's fucked up. So after that particular moment, she lost it. As she should. But she lost it in a way where she got a nice, lovely bat and beat the shit out of him. And then dragged him down to the basement because she thought that she killed him. But little did she know, he was not dead. And little did she know, her best friend that she thought Miss Miss Felicia Bashar, Miss Shannon, aka Betty. She thought that, you know, they was besties. They knew each other for years. They became, you know, 
best friends. And that's the baby's mama. So she just befriended her, getting to know stuff, so that she could tell her stuff. So when she made that phone call, like, um, I just killed Shannon. You did? Huh. And as this lawyer, Ms. Bisha, decides to, you know, start uncovering stuff, she starts realizing that things are not adding up. So, so she really gets all of the tea and everything that she needs to know from, from Grace. So she can tell her story. So that she can really build a case. But her being a new lawyer, she keeps on fucking up in the court. And then she gets herself almost acquitted. And then this makes her hungry to really want to fight. After her being arrested and happy to apologize to the judge for having an outburst in the courtroom, she becomes hungry and she starts realizing, wait a minute, something's not adding up. Especially after her best friend specifically just told this court that, yeah, she called me and told me that she killed him. But there's no body. There's no evidence that this guy was even in her house. That this guy was even in the basement. There's no body. So where's the body? If there's no if there's no body, there's no case. And a lot of people still deal with this aspect of there's no body, there's no case. But there's no evidence. So what are you charging me on? Just to compare the conspiracy of you feeling that I killed him? Or that he's missing, that he played dead? Until we realized that Ms. Shannon, a.k.a. Ms. Betty, and her son have been doing this to older women for years. For the SSI checks, for just the Social Security, for any type of money. So they've just been hoarding all of this older woman who's been lonely or has been single for X, Y, the years, and... finds this out and gets her acquitted of all charges. That's the good part. So it was a decent story. I like how it was written. Do I feel like... Now here's the bad part. So there was definitely a few editing issues that that should have been edited out like as soon as it happened. Like the two times that the police officer... Um, Miss Jasmine's husband just decided to arrest someone and then drive off. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. How are you putting handcuffs on someone but you're not putting them in a car? So you're letting them run free in handcuffs. Where do they do that at? I'm confused. I do feel like we got exactly what Tyler Perry would write. And Oftentimes, with someone doing this for as many years as they do, they need some new creativity. So they need to maybe take a little while off to really readjust their focus, really be inspired again, like a lot of musicians who take a few years off between projects because they're trying to find some inspiration, they're trying to live life, but just still trying to find some new inspiration to do what they need to do in terms of 
the craft. And yes, he is a great writer. We cannot deny all of the great movies and TV shows that he's given us. Because the boy can write. But I feel like he might need to bring some more writers in. And if not more writers, definitely more directors. Or more editors or something. Because a lot of the stuff that was out should have been edited a lot differently. Like, I understand you might have shot it in five minutes. But you could have, that don't mean that you release it in five days. As, as long as you have shot it in five days. So did you really go through everything, or did you purposely keep those mistakes in there for a reason? And that's another thing I'm trying to figure out. Did you keep that in there for a reason, or did you just not give a fuck? And you want it to be as raw as possible? Or what is it? Because I don't want to read you for filth, but come on, Tyler. Like, you, you could have did better than that. Like, it, it looked like it was shot in five days. It's not supposed to look that, it's not supposed to look like that, though. Especially with it being a decent storyline and a decent story. You could have did it a lot better than that. But this is what we got. Overall, it was still a great movie. And that's it. And it was a great cast. And you always find to, you always have these fine men playing these lead roles. You definitely know how to pick out a man. I can tell you that. I can give you kudos for that. And you know how to pick out a motherfucking man. They fine asses. Mm-mm-mm. So, these four movies are great, and they are definitely for the culture. They are definitely important for black people to see more representation of us and our lives and what basically what we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So definitely go check these out if you haven't. You will not be disappointed except for maybe fall a fall from grace. But you have to actually digest the story. Don't just look at what's presented but really digest what you're seeing. And you'll like it, and you'll love it. I also want to get into a little bit of this whole Nicki Minaj Meek Mill thing. So, I'm completely over this whole few lovers call. But I just needed to get in on Mr. Meek Mills. Meek, why are you following them? Like, for years, like, she already said that she abused her. And you being in jail, you dealing with everything like that, like, you probably was dealing with a lot of shit, and you probably did put your hands on her. So, I'm still confused of why are you bothering her, and she's trying to be happy. She's trying to live her life. She's trying to leave you the fuck alone and not be in your area. So why are you following her into a store? For what reason? Y'all don't talk, y'all don't you're not cool. So why are you following her and her husband into a store when you know it's going to end up being problems? Because I'm quite sure whatever she told her husband, her husband is going to be protective of her, as he should. And I just don't get it. And for the people who's online saying, oh, Nikki's always doing this, Nikki's always doing that, 
Nikki was minding her motherfucking business, and yes, she had a lot to motherfucking say about Mr. McMills, calling him a bitch-ass nigga, as she should. Leave her the fuck alone. Why the fuck are you bothering her? Go ahead and be happy with your new family, your new, your unborn child who's about to be born. Like, I can't. And people need to really just, like, this whole hate train, it's over. So leave Nikki alone. You don't have to like her, but stop flip-flopping, change the sides, whatever you fucking feel like it. Because it's really becoming annoying. And let's get into a little bit of the Grammy situation. I'm not going to go deep into it because I don't know all of the details. But I definitely know that this Miss Deborah Duggan exposed the Grammys. Which we already know that the Grammy was biased, racist. Um, They didn't have the right people sitting at the table. We already knew this from a few years. Well, a few years now. A lot of people know it longer than that, but mainstream, few years. And pretty much after exposing the Grammys for what they was, she let, you know, the world know that Nicki Minaj was supposed to definitely get a Grammy for the Pink Print. Beyonce was supposed to get Lemonade, Album of the Year. Amongst the other stuff that the voters behind those tables do whatever the hell they want to do basically like if you're not kissing the ass then they're going to screw you and I get that's that's the whole part of playing the game but a lot of people are not going to play the game and campaign for award shows no more that's why the Grammys doesn't really mean anything like yes it's great to have but that's not the biggest award show to me at this particular moment, there is no bigger world show. But because she started exposing the Grammys, now she got fired, and now there's a whole bunch of sexual allegation and harassment against her. And, you know, her being the boy, um, not playing or not trying to be in a boys club. And it's sad that it's still happening in the workplace. Retaliation. Um women being looked at as objects or being looked at as weak, as less than or not powerful. And that's that's not right. That's not cool. That should not be happening at 2020. But unfortunately, it is. And the Grammys really need to look at themselves for the decisions and choices that they did make with the men that they do have at the helm of the table. Because I believe that a lot of the men are not here for a lot of the artists. And they pick wrong a lot of the time. Because there's many artists that deserved a Grammy. And they wonder why a lot of artists don't come to the Grammys anymore. Like, people may still support it, but they don't... It's not held as in a high regard as it once was. Because it once was for an artist, the must is a Grammy. And for an actor, the must is an Oscar. Like those are two of the biggest award shows for in the entertainment industry. And now with the Grammys being biased or just 
not voting the way it needs to be voted or having voting this way for this person but voting another way for a different person is just not adding up. So hopefully they can get on some type of right page or it looks like the Grammy is going to be canceled for a little while until they get their, their backhand, their office in order. Like I said, I don't really want to go up too much into it until I see what else more is going to come out about this, but as black artists, we have to work twice as hard and we need to be respected for the work that we put out. Period. Like, not for nothing, like, I am a uber Beyonce fan but I would definitely say her last three albums deserve album of the year and that's no cap that's no that's just plain facts Lemonade was a movement Beyonce was a movement and those two definitely deserved album of the year Yes, other albums might have sold more, but they were not as impactful as the, as Beyonce or as a Lemonade at all. And four was her most musically inclined album to date. Yes, I would say I am Foster Ferris. Should have got it as well because that was the staple of what pop music was. I haven't heard a pop album that good. And it is what it is but thank you for listening to episode 31 of episode 31 of Kimi with the He's channel thank you thank you thank you please like please share my video just tell a friend let a friend know and let me know if you want to join in because I'm definitely looking for someone to you know have a banter with like have a great episode with see if this chemistry and definitely maybe make it a a thing in terms of two people on a panel and definitely let me know what else you want me what else you want me to talk about on my channel because we're definitely gonna get into more things very very soon in terms of like you know this the world and how I view it and my community and the things that you know we need to talk about so we definitely gonna get into those too don't worry that's coming real soon but thank you again for listening and please share share share